The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing in zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another NFL Fantasy Flex episode of the award-winning Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM, the official odds provider of the show. I am Matthew Friedman, the editor-in-chief of Fantasy Labs, and here with me are Sean Corner and Chris Raybon. Sean is the Action Network Director of Predictive Analytics, and Chris is a senior editor and analyst at the Action Network. They are two of the best fantasy football rankers in the world this weekend. We have the conference championships. We are just two games away from the Super Bowl, and in this episode, we're highlighting the players at the top of our rankings in the fantasy tool at Action Network. We're discussing the guys we're high and low on and looking at how they do in our Fantasy Labs models and as always, we are speculating on some player props. Gentlemen, let's get into it. The three quarterbacks. I mean, is there even any point at this point to talking about the three quarterbacks at the top of our rankings? I mean, really, Sean, who are you high on this week at the quarterback position? Uh, I'm high on Josh Allen uh, for many reasons, but his price being one of them, he's 6,900 um, at DK this week. Uh, he's coming off of a floor performance. He did just enough to beat Baltimore, but you know, he only threw for 206 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, and only ran seven times for three yards. Uh, it it could have been due to the wind. Plus the, you know, the Ravens offense wasn't doing much, uh, to force the bills to, to really, um, have to throw much. Um, so, you know, I figure this will be a ceiling type performance from Josh Allen um, and I will be all over him here but like you said the top three almost doesn't matter because we would just be talking about uh, who's ranked last <laughs> in that case so um, you know it's it's a tough slate in that regard but I, I think you can't pass up Josh Allen right here yeah uh, I'm with you there on Allen he has the rushing ability that Rodgers and Brady don't uh, and Mahomes is uncertain with the toe and head injuries so uh, Allen really feels like the guy I would want in this spot Raybon who are you high on well, first, I have a, a question for Sean. You said you like Josh Allen because of his price at 6900 If his price was seven or 68 would you like him as much? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have him ranked number one, so he'd, he'd have to be priced much, much higher for me to pay them. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I mean, I can't really get away from Josh Allen. Uh, I, he's my number one quarterback, but uh, since Matthew Friedman, I know you're going to talk about this guy in your hate section. Uh, I'll talk about him here. Uh, for DFS purposes, I like Tom Brady at 6,100 for the exact reason that he is the cheapest quarterback. Um, I, I think, you know, Patrick Mahomes being at 7,600 does create, you know, importance with these other three guys who are, you know, 800 apart, whereas Mahomes is 800, you know, higher than, than Allen. So um, Brady, 6,100 against the Packers who – the, the weaker pass defense in that game, maybe the weakest of the four remaining pass defenses in this championship weekend. And the, the Bucks are still going to throw the ball a lot, still one of the higher pass rates uh, in the league. So uh, I don't, I'm not as worried about Tom Brady in the cold weather. Um, he's got a ton of receiving weapons. Uh, so I, I like Tom Brady at 6,100. I just don't think there's a lot of differentiation between these four outside of the fact that I think Josh Allen's rushing ability still puts him 
above the rest, but uh, Mahomes, I don't think he'll run as much, even if he's active because of number one, you're worried about, you know, getting hit. And number two, uh, he has a toe injury as well. So I do think you have to consider Brady, especially giving all his weapons, all the stacking options that, you know, come from that um, at, at 6,100. Yeah, I mean, Brady certainly does have the stacking options. I'm a little more hesitant about including Antonio Brown in there because I think he did suffer something of an injury in the second half of last week. So uh, that's why we saw more Scotty Miller. So uh, I'll be curious to see what happens uh, with Antonio Brown in the practice reports this week. But um, yeah, I mean, nothing against Brady because I don't actually think that there's that much of a difference, as you said, between uh, between Brady and between Rodgers in terms of how we would project them. But like my gut feels as if Tom Brady has a much lower floor and and maybe I'm, I'm wrong there, but I feel with Rodgers at Lambeau, we have a really strong sense of like the range of outcomes with him there and Brady in the cold at Lambeau. I don't know. I feel like there's significantly more downside with him. Of course, he is cheaper. So, uh, you know, there, there is some savings there. Sean, who are you down on this week? Uh, I'm down on uh, Mahomes. Ray Bonner, you touched on it. Um, I think with him, I, I'm lowering his rushing stats a bit. Um, you know, all the attentions on the concussion right now, that's, that's going to determine if he's going to be able to play or not. But, um, you know, this toe injury could be concerning. I know Andy Reid has already said the toe should be okay. Um, whatever that means. Um, you know, a guy like Philip Rivers can play through it just fine, but Mahomes, you know, he, he is a lot more mobile, not only to rush, but, you know, escape pressure and then, you know, extend a play to make a huge play. So it, it could be something that lowers the ceiling a bit. Um, I'm also wondering, you know, maybe Mahomes' ownership will be lower this week, so he could be an option where you kind of pay up to be contrarian. But um, as of right now, I'm, I'm a bit lower on Mahomes, mainly because of uh, my rushing projection for him is much lower, which, you know, last playoffs – I. He, he was averaging, you know, 30 to 40 yards a game on the ground. I thought, you know, going to the playoffs, I thought we were going to see that. But I think given the injuries, um, he's going to dial that back a bit. Yeah, ex- except for the Super Bowl. He didn't get to 30 or 40 yards in the Super Bowl well, in glorious fashion. That, yeah, yeah, because he kneeled down three times for negative 10 yards, right? Yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> Raybon, I know that you also are low on Mahomes. Uh, I'm, I'm low on him to the point where I'm, you know, like projecting him for half because I, at this point, you know, not sure he's going to play. I would imagine he clears the concussion protocol the way that, you know, these things kind of happen uh, for a big game, but, you know, not certain that it happens. Raybon, what are your thoughts on Mahomes? I am just for projection purposes because there's only four quarterbacks. And because I think, I mean, the market, the betting market is setting the lines as if Mahomes is going to play. So I, I have him playing, you know, over 90% of the, of the snaps, kind of just a normal uh, injury, you know, probability with a little more mixed in, but I do think he's still the value wise, the guy in DFS that um, you'd want to have the least exposure to. The Chiefs, remember, they haven't been bowling teams out. They haven't won by more than a touchdown since week eight. Uh, and over that span, Patrick Mahomes' numbers have taken a little bit uh, of a dip as well. He's only had two of his patented 30-point you know, DraftKings games over that span. And uh, I think with the 7,600 price tag, with the you know possibility that he does get re-injured uh, or something like that, uh, I, I just think he is the, the worst value of the – of the four quarterbacks. And I just do want to touch on, you know, we mentioned earlier Aaron Rodgers, uh, I mean, excuse me, Tom Brady's floor being low at Lambeau. Uh, I would say the same for Aaron Rodgers, just because this Bucks defense was the one defense this year that really uh, outside of Carolina, which was 
a little bit kind of uh, that was just one of those games but uh the bucks defense really did have aaron Rodgers numbers pressured him on 43 percent of dropbacks held him to 16 of 35 passing for 160 yards no touchdowns two interceptions so um i think both of, i think really all three quarterbacks aside from josh allen have such a low floor the reason being buffalo has passed on over 70 percent uh, when you include you know scrambles over 70% uh, have been called passes in the, in these playoffs and Josh Allen's been running a little bit more. So um, that rushing floor combined with the, the, the play calling tendencies for Buffalo, I think give Allen a huge floor and Rogers low floor because of the matchup Brady on the road in a, you know, cold, a tough stadium to play in. Uh, and then you have uh, Mahomes dealing with the injury. Sean, what are your thoughts on Rayvon said specifically about Aaron Rodgers in the matchup? Um, you know, that matchup was uh, in like week eight, week nine. So like, I mean, it was it was a while ago. It was it was over half a season ago. And we're not sure if number one cornerback Carlton Davis is going to play. He exited last week with a concussion. So he also has to get through the protocol. Uh, on the positive side, there's the potential that Vita Vea might come back for this game because uh, he's been designated to return from IR. So what are your thoughts on the matchup for Rodgers? I'm not too concerned just based on week six. You know, every team's going to have a bad game every season. That was, you know, the Packers' worst game. Uh, I think they'll bounce back here. You know, Vita Vea, I was going to mention in the next segment, but his return, you know, is going to be huge for the run defense. Um, and, you know, Tampa Bay has been more of a pass-funnel defense, so I'm not, I'm not concerned at all um, in terms of Rodgers when it comes to this matchup. We could, we could throw out week six. I do, you know, coming into that game, I did think that this team had some matchup advantages, but let's just look at the game against New Orleans. I mean, New Orleans is still a good passing team and Tampa Bay held them to 20 of 35, uh, 190 yards, two touchdowns, three picks. Um, and that's including Jameis Winston's 56 yard Taysom Hill, like touchdown bomb to Trey Klon Smith. So, I mean, this defense played very well against New Orleans with Sean Payton scheming that up with a 56-yarder by the backup, 190 yards on 35 attempts. That's still very good. Yeah, I would say they, they weren't able to contain Jameis Winston. That's how I would that game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair enough. All right, Sean, uh, give us the player prop for quarterbacks. By the way, everyone should check out the player prop tool at Fantasy Labs. And, of course, also the new player prop tool we have at Action Labs, uh, the Fantasy Labs player prop tool specifically, where the props with a bet quality of 10 have a 60% win rate over the past two years. That is a smoking number. And of course, when player props are posted, you can bet them at BetMGM. Sean, give us the prop. All right, since this is such a good QB slate, I mean, there there isn't much to haggle with here. I mean, all quarterbacks, you probably have projected 290 to 300 yards. I'm proposing what will be the highest passing yard total this weekend? So all four quarterbacks, this Mahomes has to play. That's the caveat to this over under 352 and a half yards. Under. We saw that last week. Um, quarterbacks. I think there what was the highest total. Was it the, the chiefs? I'm not. I, I combined, yeah. I think uh, Mahomes and Henny combined for like three thirty. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I mean, we've seen this historically in the playoffs where scoring is down a bit and, you know, colder weather, Scoring down, you know, scoring cor- correlates, yardage correlates with scoring. Uh, so 352, that's a high number, especially with Mahomes not 100%. Uh, I think there, there's one team that could do it. It's probably the Bills and Josh Allen. But, you know, I, and I know Friedman will talk about this later. K- 
Kansas City has been good at scheming the ball away from wide receivers. Buffalo specializes in throwing two wide receivers, and Josh Allen did struggle in that first matchup. So uh, just a hefty number. I'd go under, but I'd actually say – uh, like if I was just betting on this like long shot bet, I would probably pick the the Bucks to to clear it just because the Bucks, you know, Tom Brady's not going to run, and if they get down to the Packers, I could see them just throwing the ball uh, a lot in the second half. I will take the under just in terms of the the median or I, probably not even median, but like the mean projections that I have here. I'm still under the uh, the like kind of 290 300 marks that uh, Sean you were talking about earlier. So uh, just even thinking about you know, like standard deviation. If a guy has a blow up game, he could still have a really good game and not hit that mark of like, what was it? Like 350, what was it? 352. 352 and a half. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I could see, I could see a high in the 330s or 340s. Yeah. Raybon mentioned last week, I think the highest was uh, 330 for a team. This is, you know, this is an individual player. So if a guy gets right. hurt and the, but, you know, if you go back uh, the week before, Brady threw for 391, Big Ben threw for 504. So this is this is one of those things. It's not so much the media and you're going to have, you know, an outlier every week uh, with with only four quarterbacks. It obviously lowers the ceiling a bit. But, you know, this is a pretty amazing four QB slate. So um, I, I ran my sim on this. 352 is my line. I'm sticking with it. Quarterbacks matter more than defenses. But it is also a good defensive slate too. Yeah, yeah. So it'll it'll be it'll be fun. I think at a minimum to see how these quarterbacks match up yeah. against the defenses. Uh, let's talk about the running backs. The three guys. Why am I even sticking with this three guys thing? I'll do it. I'll do it for uh, for running backs. The three running backs at the top of uh, our rankings at Action Network: Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, Devin Singletary, Raybon. Kicking it to you first here. Who is someone this week? at the running back position you are high on. I like Leonard Fournette. He got 53% of the carries, 68% of the routes run for that Tampa Bay backfield last week. And I do think that you do want to run on on this Packers defense. They are 18th in DVOA against the run. They're also 28th in DVOA on targets to running backs. And that favors Fournette, who again ran 68% of the routes uh, to 12% for Ronald Jones. Uh, we saw Fournette with a key touchdown late in that game on the bobble. So uh, I think both potential game scripts still favor Fournette. He's getting a, a tiny bit more of the carries and he's uh, he's getting a, a majority of the uh, of the route. So Leonard Fournette for, uh, as a, a value option here uh, in this championship round against Green Bay. Sean, who is someone you like? I am right there with Ray Bond on the Fournette call. I don't know about a value option. He's the second uh, highest priced running back. On oh, yeah. The <laughs> yeah. It seems like that might, value. Yeah, yeah that, might, that might shy people away from him, especially this, this seems like a 50-50 timeshare. I mean, Ronald Jones looked great last week, but, you know, after a couple of big runs, he came limping off the sideline. He's, he's clearly not 100%. So there, there is potential of, you know, an in-game ag- aggravation here where Fournette just dominates touches. But either way, Fournette's going to dominate uh, the passing work. Rayvon already mentioned, you know, he had a 68% routes run rate. Um, and, you know, Brady does like dumping it off to Fournette. So I, I think he has a really high floor here and uh, a higher ceiling than people realize. Like I said, Ronald Jones, he, he's less than 100%. There could be a potential scenario where Fournette ends up being, you know, true workhorse back. So um, it's a pretty brutal running back slate. So I think, you know, spending up to get Fournette here makes a ton of sense. I think the slate might be slightly better than anticipated, but that's if Edwards-Alaire is out for, mm-hmm. for the Chiefs. And I mean, you know, 
early in the week. It's not as if you can really project whether someone is in or out, but based on the practice reports last week with Edwards Alert, where he did practice on Wednesday and then did not practice on Thursday and Friday, uh, that feels as if you know, like they didn't say he had a setback, but that is the pattern that you see if a guy has a setback in practice. So given that, I'm kind of inclined to think, at least right now, that Edwards Alaire is unlikely to play. And if that's the case, then I think we saw something pretty close to what we see last week. Sorry, let me rephrase that. Then we see something pretty close to what we saw last week, where Williams is actually the lead back and Le'Veon Bell is, you know, a... a Sean McCoy. Yes. From last yes, year. <laughs> yes, exactly. Where he, he's just a guy and they give him a, a couple of carries because it's like, hey, you're a veteran. But otherwise, they're letting Daryl Williams do the actual work in the backfield. And if it's a situation where Mahomes is out, uh, I could see them leaning all the more on the running game. Uh, so Williams is someone I'm intrigued by right now and definitely keeping an eye on. And uh, Buffalo... You know, I think if you had to say which which part of their defense is the the weakness, it is their running game. So I think they can be run on, and it might be a situation where more than usual we see the Chiefs desirous to run the ball. So Williams is someone, again, you know, the caveat, we have to wait to see what happens with Clyde Edwards Lair, but Williams is someone I'm definitely keeping an eye on uh, as we approach the weekend. Sean, who is someone you are low on? Uh, well, I wouldn't call him, uh, say I'm low on him because he's my number one ranked running back, but Aaron Jones at his price, I already mentioned, this is sort of a terrible running back slate. Um, I think it makes sense to spend down at running back so you can spend up at wide receiver and, you know, get Travis Kelsey in the tight end slot. So um, if there's one guy that's probably worth fading, it's Aaron Jones. Um, it's a tough matchup. We already mentioned that Vita Vea might return. That's going to bolster this run defense even more. Um, I think A.J. Dillon saw the first carry last week. And then, of course, Jamal Williams had way more work than I anticipated. We'll, we'll have to monitor the injury part of A.J. Dillon. If he's ruled out, I'll probably have some shares of Aaron Jones. But you got to, you know, pick your spots who you're going to fade in this slate. And I think Aaron Jones, you know, he always has to do a lot with his 15 touches. And he usually does come through. But this is one of those weeks where if, if you fade him, um, he has a chance to bust. So I think that that might be the way I go with this uh, particular slate. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with the idea that you don't want to be on the running back who's going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they're they're strong in run defense and also strong in pass defense against running backs. So, you know, pretty easy to think that maybe, for, especially for DFS, you're investing elsewhere. Uh, Raybon, I think you also are low on Aaron Jones. Yeah, yeah. Like, and this is, again, it's, it's a salary play. And when people are playing DFS... Um, one of the pieces of advice I like to give is if, whether you're just on the site or you're using our fantasy labs models, uh, go to the flex tab and sort by price and, and kind of get away of the land from that perspective. So uh, this week we have Stefan Diggs at 7k. I still think he's a high, high floor option and, and worth the 500 over Jones, but then you have Jones at 65, Mike Evans at 58. So there's kind of just one player, Aaron Jones, between 7K and, and 5.8. Uh, and I think he's likely to not live up to that price tag. And you also have in that same range, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, and Tom Brady. So you can only spend, you know, 60 plus uh, on so many players. And I just think pretty much every player surrounding Jones and in his price range uh, is a better value. But I'll also talk about uh, Ronald Jones. So both Jones, I, I think I'm low on in this one. Ronald, you know, his 
numbers look similar to, to Fournette in the run game, you know, 62 yards on 13 attempts, but looking at the potential for Tampa Bay to get down in this game a little more, you know, they're it going to green Bay uh, and him only getting 12% of the, the routes. I think there's a potential for him to have a really low floor. We've seen Tampa Bay abandon the run uh, in the past. And, uh, you know, Sean mentioned it, Jones looks banged up and Fournette simply looks like the, the better back right now. So uh, Jones, I think, is going to be kind of a contrarian maybe play. Maybe he gets ownership because he's 4,600, but I still rather go Singletary, even though Buffalo didn't run essentially until the third quarter. Uh, I do think Buffalo will run a little bit more against KC. Singletary played 83% of the routes uh, and got all but two of the carries in the backfield. So you're just getting uh, a much higher, I think, ceiling from Singletary for 100 hours lower, even though you still run the risk of Buffalo um, not running much. Uh, I, I think Ronald Jones is, has a, is a bigger risk. I'm with you that Ronald Jones is a bigger risk. Uh, I'm still off of Singletary, though. Like the, the matchup is good. The Chiefs defense is bottom three in rush DVOA and pass DVOA against running backs. There's no Zach Moss. So as you say, Singletary, he's the clear lead back there. Uh, but last week, the Bills won by 14. Singletary had the job all to himself, and he still had just seven carries and three targets, even with all the snaps he was seeing. It's just a situation where the Bills right now are not prioritizing the running game. And in the passing game, Singletary isn't enough of a factor really to be included there. So, I mean, I get that he has, I think, the higher floor and the higher ceiling than Ronald Jones, but Singletary is still someone I I really don't want much of. Uh, Sean, do you have any thoughts on Singletary before we get to the player prop? No, I'm with you on that. Last week, as as Fairly high on him. Um, obviously, that was disappointing. I agree. I, I don't think they're going to try to establish the run here, so I, I'm off him. But one one quick point I forgot to mention when it came to Aaron Jones was that, um, you know, I'm fading him, but I'm also going to use Jamal Williams as a leverage play. Um, you know, he saw four carries inside the 10-yard uh, line last week, so I think on a small slate like this, that's one of the things that you can do to differentiate is, you know, fade a guy, but also use the guy that would benefit um, if he were to bust. So I'll have uh, a few shares of Jamal Williams this week. I just want to say one more thing on Singletary. So I do agree that, you know, Buff, like he, there's a really low floor, but I just, I do want to point out, like, I think he's viable in tournaments because the week before against Indianapolis and Indianapolis plays some cover two, some cover two show. So, you know, the two safeties are back a, a little bit more, you know, Baltimore is a lot of blitz safeties up closer to the line or they're playing man. So it's a different, total different defense, but Buffalo ran 58 plays against the Colts um, and Moss and Singletary combined for 10 carries, but also seven targets. So that's, um, you know, on 17 of their uh, 58 plays, they, you know, the running back got the ball and that's, you know, that could be if their plays are in the mid 60s, you know, that could be a 20 touch game for a single Terry. So I would I will say in tournaments, even though I'm low on him, you know, as a cash game play in tournaments, I do think there's some viability there. All right, uh, Sean, I believe last week your player prop for running backs was actually uh, scrimmage yards for yeah. Singletary. What is your player prop this week? Uh, so we've kind of mentioned both guys, um, but uh, I'm going with. Who's going to have more rushing yards this week, Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette? I have both at 47, so I want you guys to help me break the tie here. <laughs> Leonard Fournette, because he's getting more carries and he looks healthier. 
Well, I think Leonard Fournette getting more carries doesn't mean he'll get more rushing yards. Yeah, no, no that's fair. But, but I, he's, I, he's obviously going to dominate the receiving work. So if you think he's going to also dominate the rushing game, uh, he's a smash play for you, I bet. So I don't think he's going to dominate the rushing game, but I'm just going off last week. And in, like, in a one-game yeah. sample, it's hard for me to differentiate. Like I have Ronald Jones getting 0.1 yards per carry more. You know what I mean? Like It's hard mm. for me to separate – to like give too much variance in terms of the team versus the team running backs versus the individuals in a one game, you know, just projected yeah. for one game. So I have, I have um, Fournette getting about, I have Fournette at 11 carries and Jones at, at eight for this week. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm trying to think about what was the, the split last week. It was 17 and 13. Raymond, I'm actually fairly similar to where you are on the split. I have 11.1 uh, carries for Fournette. 9.8 carries for Jones, which means that I have Fournette projected for 46 and a half, and I have Jones projected for 47. So See, that's what I'm saying. It's, so, so you guys have more of a split between their two yards per carry averages, is what I'm yeah, saying. Yes. I yeah, you. for I sure. You. And, you know, last week the game plan was let Fournette start, you know, get a couple series, and then it was going to become a hot hand approach. You know, that could be different this week. It could just start off the hot hand approach, at least when it, in terms of, you know, the rushing game. So I think last week they eased Jones in, but this week it could be much more of a timeshare and potentially. So I have Ronald Jones getting more carries this week, but I'm with Friedman. Uh, I have, you know, Jones having a way higher yards per uh, carry. Uh, So I I have him tied at 47. I have Jones 0.5 yards more, (laughs) but I like my, my gut feels like four net is the, the better call because he's going to have, I think he's likelier to have more carries, but I will, I will go with Jones. I will honor my projections and go with Jones. Hope you're enjoying this great action network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the locked on podcast network. Locked on has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you. Locked on 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome everybody to the locked on Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked on podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search locked on your favorite team. Subscribe to your locked on podcast. Okay, let's talk about the wide receivers here at the top of our rankings. We have Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, Stefan Diggs. I don't think, you know, much of a surprise there to have those big three at the top. Sean, who are you high on at wide receiver? Uh, I think it's going to be hard to pass up Alan Lazard at 4,200 this week. You know, he's coming off a four-catch, 96-yard touchdown game against the Rams. Um, he had a 40% share of uh, his team's air yards last week, which is the fourth highest share of the divisional round. Um, he's trending up at the right time. And, you know, we have to remember that he missed weeks four through 10 due to his uh, core muscle injury. So he's been sort of eased back and, um, you know, getting into the swing of things. So I think having the bye week in the first round of the playoffs helped. But we also have to remember he was wide receiver seven in half point PPR um, after the first three weeks of the season before the injury. So I think, um, you know, he's probably closer to 100% pretty much where he was at that time so I, i'm high on him this week and like i said 4200 especially on this slate uh, it's gonna be hard to pass him up rayvon who do you like i really like chris godwin uh he's 5400 you, you, you already mentioned antonio brown a little banged up looks like it's not serious so i think brown will play but uh those green bay especially jair alexander on the outside that's going to be either brown or mike evans depending on you know how they line guys up but Godwin should have uh, escaped him and faced Shannon Sullivan in the slot. Uh, and then you look at Godwin and he ran more routes than uh, any other Tampa Bay 
player last week. 100% of the uh, of the snaps, uh, the passing snaps did Chris Godwin run a route compared to 94% for Evans, 56 per, for Brown, 24% for Tyler Johnson, who they really like. So Tyler Johnson, watch out for him if Brown doesn't play or is banged up because they really like Johnson. Um, and, and 21% for Miller. So uh, I really like Godwin at 5,400. He's a guy that, um, especially if Tampa Bay gets down behind in game script, or even if they don't, um, he's, he has the potential to put up one of those, you know, eight catch, 100-yard games and equal an Adams, a Diggs, a Tyreek, you know, with the volume. So uh, Chris Godwin for me. I'm still pretty high on Tyreek. And this is, in theory, even if Mahomes is out, although I would, I would scale him back. Uh, and change projections if uh, if Mahomes is out. But Tyreek, when he's on the outside, he's likely to face number one cornerback, Tredavious White. But I don't think that White really has the athleticism to stick with Hill. And then plus, Tyreek still runs a lot of his routes from the slot anyway. And White almost never goes into the slot. So this isn't going to be a, a true shadow situation. Um, I know that Tyreek really didn't do much uh, in week six when these teams faced each other, but it was also a situation where they didn't need Tyreek Hill to do a lot. And uh, also Tyreek Hill in the first half of the season just wasn't being targeted with the volume that he's getting now. So uh, I'm not putting really too much stock into what we saw in week six. Uh, I'm also high on Devontae Adams, uh, number one cornerback, Carlton Davis. He left last week with a concussion for Tampa Bay. Uh, so if he's out, a significantly better matchup, I think, for him than if Carlton Davis is in. So right now I'm operating slightly under the assumption that Carlton Davis is out, but that's something to uh, to monitor as well. And honestly, even if Davis is in, like Devontae Adams is, is great in almost any matchup. So uh, something to keep an eye on there with Davis, but uh, I'm still pretty high on Adams. Rayvon, kicking it to you here. Who is someone you are low on? So for me, it's going to be Antonio Brown and to a lesser extent, Mike Evans, if Brown plays uh, more so Brown, because I think he will draw that assignment on Jair Alexander. They haven't really been shadowing um, the way they were in the first half of the season. So Brown could get the majority of his snaps on Alexander. And uh, again, I think Godwin is, is going to be the number one target here. Um, Jair, Jair Alexander has allowed just a, uh, just 36 of 71, targets caught in for, for 9.3 yards per reception, 4.7 yards per target, just two scores all year. So um, Brown getting that number one assignment, his routes run per drop back uh, have been decreasing. His routes run per drop back have gone from 91 to 60 to 56% from week 17 through the you know first round, second round. And he's, he's been that guy that even though he's the third wide receiver and they play a lot of um, three wide sets, he's still been in that uh, 60 50 to high fifties or mid sixties for most of the season with the Bucks. So um, Antonio Brown is a guy who I will be fading completely or like maybe like 5% exposure, 10% at most uh, this week. Yeah. And I, I think you're absolutely right. Cause he is a little bit banged up and just in terms of how they've aligned their wide receivers so far, uh, Brown will be matched up on Alexander because they have not been using Alexander in shadow coverage. Uh, even think, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we saw uh, Washington football team play against uh, the Packers, uh, that would have been a, a perfect game. Am I, am I imagining this right? Did that game happen? No, no it was a buck. You're thinking it, it was the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, but no, he hasn't right. shadowed since like week right. seven. He, has, like, he hasn't. Yeah. Yes. I'm just going to undo that. Yeah. So yeah, as you say, we haven't seen, uh, we haven't seen Alexander shadow for at least half a season. 
and if they haven't done it to this point, I really don't see why they would change all of that up now. So I'm imagining we will see that matchup quite a bit of Brown on Alexander, and that really does favor Alexander. Sean, who are you low on at wide receiver? Uh, I'm piling on on Antonio Brown uh, for all the reasons you guys mentioned um, his 56% routes run rate tied for the lowest of the season for him. Um, obviously that could be due to the injury, but honestly, I think they're perfectly fine turning to guys like Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson. I think they're pretty high on both. Um, and Tyler Johnson is a guy I'm already thinking ahead to 2021, um, you know, Godwin and Antonio Brown are free agents. I can't imagine them keeping Antonio Brown on uh, Brady loves Tyler Johnson. So I think, just having an excuse to use these guys um, is good enough for them. So I'll, I'll have zero shares of Antonio Brown this week. Yeah, that Tyra Johnson call, like, I love it because, and this is one thing that helps with watching games and not just looking at the numbers. There was a weight pass in that game against New Orleans where Brady threw it uh, out way outside. And Tyra Johnson <laughs> just, like, t- flipped around and made, like, they were, call- they were calling it, like, one of the catches of the year on the telecast. Which yeah. was, it was a bit much, but, like, it was a really good catch at a really clutch point in the game for the number five, now now number four wide receiver. Um, so, like, his he went 24% of routes run to 21% for Miller. The week before, 19% for Johnson, 7% for Miller. So let's say Brown isn't getting his full compliment. Keep Tyler Johnson in mind yep. for your tournaments because it may very well be him. Now, Miller obviously has some viability too, Cameron Braid, all those guys. But like, keep Tyler Johnson in mind because I, I guarantee that he's going to be the kind of a forgotten man yep. uh, in terms of ownership this week. Yeah, and Tyler Johnson, uh, I mean, just to talk about him some more, let's turn this into the Tyler Johnson podcast. Good, love it. Sean, Sean, I'm, 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 I'm with you on next year, especially, yeah. um, because of the guys who are going to be leaving. But also, I mean, Tyler Johnson was a really good college wide receiver, mm-hmm. just in, in terms of the, the production he had, the market share he had in Minnesota, like very underappreciated wide receiver. And he played a lot of his time in the slot, but we have seen him have success in the NFL out wide, which is really encouraging that he's not going to be limited just to a slot receiver where he, he could have the flexibility, the versatility to move all across the formation. So like that speaks really well about the, the potential that he has long-term. So hundred percent with you on uh on what we might see out of tyler johnson uh potentially this week but also next year um one guy i'm relatively low on i want to try to contextualize this correctly stefan diggs like i still have him in the top three obviously like stefan diggs is great but this year the chiefs have allowed the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers primarily because of their scheme uh and in week six Diggs had just 46 yards on eight targets against the Chiefs. He also had a touchdown, but it was clearly one of his worst games of the year. Uh, So in any game, Diggs is capable of going off, but I think he just has a little bit lower of a median projection and a little bit lower of a floor this week relative to what we see out of him in most weeks. All right, Sean, give us the wide receiver player prop. So uh, last week, if you remember, I I did um, how many times Chad will take uh, Friedman's (laughs) bet on convince me versus David and Joker receptions. Uh, Chad was well aware of it. So he, I don't think he took any of your bets. Right? That, that is correct. And, and by the way, <laughs> by the way, fantastic weekend. Fantastic right, weekend. Well, we, yeah. we all knew that would happen, but uh, so you're welcome. And then Joku obviously went off for four catches. So it wasn't even close. Um, I'm going to have a, a prop here that Chad can't ruin. It, it's going to be the total number of winning bets we give on convince me. So out of our nine total bets, how many will we win? versus Chris Godwin's receptions. 
I'm going over because over even though uh, Godwin's receptions, just because oh. number one, I love the matchup, but number two, I would project us to get about, I would say the, the median for us should be about six, maybe 5.5 in that range, 5.5 to six out of nine. How many receptions do you have Godwin for? <laughs> That's already pretty high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have Godwin for, I have Godwin in that same, I have Godwin for 5.6 median, but I think the ceiling is a lot higher because for example, right now I'm still projecting Brown. I haven't done like my full matchup adjustments on Brown um, and, and Alexander and everyone. So I think Godwin will go up and I, I do think, you know, 63% for us, it's probably actually the median. So it probably should be around six, but uh, this is kind of a gut call. I like Godwin. Well, I mean, just thinking about it. Well, we should go three and own player props, right? Well, we should, we should then, but I mean, and then, you never know. There's going to be a higher correlation. I mean, last week we were, we were on the same side on one spread and one total, right? So th- yeah. it's going to be uh, a high ceiling and high floor for our picks this week. I-, I think we'll either go eight and one or, uh, you know, two and seven. So uh, yeah, I'm going to stay humble. That's I'm going to stay humble. I'm going to say we get, we, we, if we go five out of nine, that's still above 50%, but it, it's, it allows for some humility. And, and I expect Chris Godwin to go over that. You know, Raybon, you, you got you to gotta be a company man here. I mean, we're, yeah. we're going over. I am a company man. Chad Millman has told us to fade you at all costs. That's straight from the boss. <laughs> okay, well, let's assume that, that I go 0-3. Oh, all right, you, you guys still have the, the chance because, as Sean said, you guys are going to be correlated with a lot of your picks. You still have the chance of collectively going 6-0. and oh. yep. uh, I have Godwin projected right at 5.5, and, and so I will take the over on this. Uh, because even if I go 0 and 3, let's be honest, I'm I'm not going 0 and 3. Well, I mean, I I might famous last words. I I that's going to be a sound a sound clip that uh, Matt Mitchell throws in my face later. Bring your A game today. You ain't new to this no more now. You know what I mean? Let the greatest of all time look at your work. But uh, I I don't believe I will go 0 and 3. Uh, you know, feel good. Had a good weekend last weekend. Yeah, I, I think I'll probably have a decent weekend now. And uh, I, I trust that you guys will as well. So I, I have to hammer the over on this prop. I bet I bet we're going to go seven and two and Chad will go one and two with the Betsy picks. Yes, that That's feels accurate. Call. That, you know I, what our two would be like. Friedman will take the Packers. Yeah. Me and Sean will take the, the Bucks because that's the what the numbers say. Friedman will be right and we'll be wrong, and that that's all. There we that, go. That that is my ultimate dream of winning, right there. That's how I would really like to win. Uh, yeah. So tune in this uh, Sunday. At- yes. Okay. Let's uh, let's talk about the tight ends. I mean, really, it's Travis Kelsey uh, and then every everyone else, just in terms of like how it shakes out in our, our projections. You know, Kelsey, big teardrop, uh, and then everyone else. Sean, who are you high on? I feel like saying <laughs> any other tight end other than Kelsey should have like a laugh track behind it, but I'm going to go with Dawson Knox <laughs> as the, the cheap, low-owned tight end flyer this week. I mean, he's capable of going, uh, you know, four catches for 40 yards and a touchdown, which could be a slate breaker on this. So I'm going to go with him. He's he's running a pretty high routes run rate. Last week it was uh, right around 70%. Um, and Cole Beasley, you know, despite running around on 75% of the dropbacks, I, I don't think he's anywhere near 100%. So he went catchless on two targets. Um, so that could be a potential extra target or two for a guy like Knox. Um, and, you know, Casey can be prone to tight ends. So th- this is a sneaky spot. And, and the few lineups I won't have, tra- uh, Travis Kelsey, I think Dawson Knox will be my cheap flyer this week. 
Yeah, I, I definitely see your point there. Uh, the Chiefs in the regular season allowed the fifth most yards receiving two tight ends. And because of the way that their defense is schemed, they do allow targets into the middle of the field and, uh, you know, short, uh, not deep. So it's it's a situation where you could see Dawson Knox get a few more opportunities than you would normally see. So uh, I can I can see that you have not been laughed off of the podcast. Uh, Raybon, who are you? <laughs> just in addition to Travis Kelsey, who yeah. are you high on this week? Yeah, Travis Kelsey. I think Sean mentioned it earlier, but you definitely want Kelsey like in your lineup, whether he's your flex. Like if you, even if you're playing another one of these tight ends, I would still flex Kelsey and treat him just like a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. But uh, for, for this show, I, I do like the Knox call because I think uh, if Buffalo has a high volume, we have to kind of adjust for that. Like their volume could greatly exceed even our like most je- like extreme median projections for Buffalo in this game. So um, do like the Knox call, but also I, I like Robert Tanyan in this spot. Uh, Tampa Bay is number 25 in DVOA against the tight end position. Uh, we're still talking about Aaron Rodgers. You still expect him to have success in uh, uh, Green Bay when they do get in the red zone, especially within you know the five-yard line. Most teams run the ball. Green Bay throws the ball at a high rate. Tampa Bay is really good at run defense. So this could be one where Tanyan's touchdown replaces a touchdown that may have normally gone to a guy like uh, Aaron Jones or, or A.J. Dillon, even if he's, if he's healthy. So uh, I do like Robert Tanyan uh, in this spot against this number 25-ranked Tampa Bay defense. Okay, I'm going to be real original and uh, say that I like Travis Kelsey. Boom, done. Okay, let's let's move on to the players. We know. I mean, I really, I, I I'm looking at like Raybon. I get your point about Tanyan. Sean, I get your point about Knox. Uh, I'm going to want to have. I think, uh, especially in cash games, only one tight end in my lineup this week, and it's uh, clearly. Travis Kelsey. He's he's getting number one wide receiver type of volume, uh, but doing it at the tight end position. So out of all of the players, I think you prioritize this week in cash games. I think Kelsey is uh, is at the top of the list. He's had less than 14.7 DraftKings points twice all year. <laughs> like he's, it's like, like he is the priority of the yeah. slate. Yeah. Let's talk about the guys that we are relatively low on. Uh, for me, it's everyone who isn't Kelsey. Uh, done. Just cutting through the segment. Uh, I, I would also say Rob Gronkowski. Uh, two weeks ago, he had one target. Last week, he had five targets, but just one reception. You know, he's just not really looking like the mid-season version of himself that was getting heavy volume and actually doing something with it. Rayvon, who are you low on? Yeah, same, same for me. It's Rob Gronkowski. You know, to a lesser extent, uh, you know, you could say Cameron Bright as well. But uh, I, because of the, you know, there's still 200 hours difference. Gronkowski 3200, Bright 30. Uh, I still think Gronkowski is the worst value. They've been running essentially the same amount of routes in the playoffs. Gronkowski got a couple extra ones last week. Bright got a couple extra ones the week before. Gronkowski's uh, been a valuable blocker for them. So depending on the play call, it could go either way. But Green Bay has been pretty strong in defending the tight end position. They are fifth in terms of uh, DraftKings points allowed to tight ends, the fifth fewest, and ninth in DVOA to the position. Sean, who are you low on this week? Obviously, anyone not named Travis Kelsey. I mean, he's 10 points higher than my number two tight end, Robert Tunyon. Um, And, you know, piggybacking what Raybon said, I think that is a really sneaky idea is obviously play Kelsey in the tight end slot, but use Tunyon as your flex. I mean, he's 3.6K, but, you know, I have him 
projected right around where these um, four to 4.2 K wide receivers are. Um, and that's a great way to kind of get leverage and differentiate your lineups against other people is just use a second tight end there. So I, I think that's a sneaky play and uh, I'll probably use that. Yeah. I mean, it's a great idea in tournaments. No one is going to want to have two tight ends. Right. Right. So yeah. yeah. Uh, and, inst- and instant distinguishment of your lineups. Yeah. And I, I just want to reiterate that. Cause I, I think that's a great, those are great points by you guys. Like people always, a lot of times ask me, you know, how do you use the fantasy labs models? Are you just straight up clicking optimize? And I always say one of the most valuable things for me is to look at the projections in the context of that, that flex spot in the context of how the, where, how the salaries break down. And I think what Sean's kind of getting at is there may even be some value on the median projection with Tunyon's median projection versus, you know, going with a wide receiver or a running back in, in that flex. So um, definitely something to just keep in mind especially on these smaller slates okay sean give us the tight end player prop so uh, i ran the simulation on this slate and kelsey has about a 70 to 75 percent chance of being the top tight end so i'm going to make this projection or this prop will any other tight end get within six and a half points of travis kelsey's dk score this week so you get all other tight ends plus six and a half. Whoever it is, it doesn't matter. Uh, will any of them get within six and a half points of Kelsey? Oof. This is Mahomes has to start. I will go with no, because even though I think like the, the math probably says it's probably close, I'm guessing by your prop, but um, they're just like there's such a pro- potential for a Kelsey monster game that and I don't you know all of these other guys I see them kind of hitting their medians maybe a little Tanyan a little over but like Tanyan could have a touchdown get his normal right. yardage and just because DraftKings also gives you the 100 point yard bonus which I don't think Tanyan will get um, I think that gives Kelsey a little extra boost so yeah I'm gonna go with no yeah I'm gonna go with no this feels like the situation of a giant fighting multiple children and the question is like will one of these children be able to injure the giant before they all get killed uh i think the answer is no the giant slays them all and emerges unscathed so uh i'm i'm going with travis kelsey i I think the one out here i mean i guess you could have maybe like a, a touchdown like multiple touchdown game or something like that for gronkowski or something like that or maybe tunyon right but um yeah, I just think the volume that Kelsey is likely to get is so superior that uh, that covers the six and a half. That's a good. That's a good prop, Sean. Yeah, it's gonna be close. Uh, I think a two touchdown game from Gronk would absolutely cover this. But yeah, uh, yeah like Gronk having a four catch fifty yard game with a touchdown will probably do it as well. Um, again, it comes down to Kelsey. Like, will he have a ceiling game? Then yeah, obviously this isn't close. But I think six and a half. Uh, I think it's gonna be pretty close. All right, that is going to do it for the show. You can follow Sean, Chris, and me in the Action Network app at the underscore odds maker, Chris Raybon, and Matt F. The Oracle. Use the app to get real-time odds and track your bets for free. Be sure to check out our rankings at the Action Network, and please subscribe to and rate and review the show and listen and download on Spotify. See you again next episode. We're finished talking.